Hello and welcome to another episode of A Need to Read, you absolute legends. I've got a conversation today that I had with Daisy Harris-Burland, the owner, creator, CEO, bookmark extraordinaire, lady behind the Bookmark Boys, an absolute legend on the podcast, and Harriet Bradley, who joins her as well, who is someone I'm now going to kind of do some workshopping with, with writing that I'm doing. She's worked for Daisy in the past, and she's a fully-fledged published author as well in Spain. That is. So if you speak Spanish, you can read Harriet's work. If you don't, it might be quite difficult or just won't make too much sense to you. But they joined me for this conversation to chat about things from the Kardashians to Alan de Botton, from Love Island to relationship meetings and plenty of books because they are both massive readers. All of the books that we spoke about, or most of them, will be in the description of this episode, but will also be in the description of this episode is details of the sponsors of the show. Now, A Need to Read is sponsored by BetterHelp, and BetterHelp provide an online therapy service to millions of people all over the world, including quite a few A Need to Read listeners. So if online therapy or therapy in general is something that you're thinking about at the moment, you don't really have to look too much further. We can kind of succumb to choice paralysis when it comes to looking for therapists online or trying to look for people in the local area. With BetterHelp, all you need to do is fill out a quick questionnaire and within 48 hours, they will have you match with a therapist that suits your needs. You get to choose that on gender. All of the different types of therapy whether they're open to more spiritual things, whether they're not open to spiritual things, you get to choose and tick all the boxes there. Now, all you have to do is head to betterhelp.com forward slash a need to read and you'll get 10% off your first month of online therapy. That is betterhelp.com forward slash a need to read. And the podcast is also sponsored by Athletic Greens. Now, Athletic Greens is an all-in-one, comprehensive, convenient, daily nutrition shake. It's green, and it's got all of the good stuff for you. It includes over 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole food-sourced ingredients that are made for just about everybody. I love it because I'm not too keen on being a bit of a control freak with my diet and when I say control freak I just mean someone who likes to control the amount of vegetables that they put in their diet because I don't like to put too many in there. Athletic Green makes that guilt-free and I guess probably helps me be a little bit healthier because of what I'm missing out on. Now you I would suggest eat your vegetables anyway but if you want to top up your nutrition with their AG1 formula all you have to do is head to athleticgreens.com forward slash a need to read. What you'll get there is a one month subscription plus five free travel packs and a year's supply of vitamin D3. Completely free. You'll also get a nice bottle and a storage container in your welcome pack as well. So that's athleticgreens.com forward slash a need to read. Now, without further ado, my conversation with Harriet and Daisy. I've got Harriet and Daisy with me. Daisy's been here before. Harriet has never been here before. Have you ever been on a podcast before, Harriet? I have never been on a podcast before. How are you feeling about it? Um, surprisingly relaxed, I think, yeah. so far. Yeah. Okay, that's good. We can we can keep it that way. People do say to me that I make them feel comfortable. Mm. Sometimes. The way that you squinted at me then tells me that <laughs> you don't feel like that. But I have been told that before. So welcome and welcome back, Daisy. You Thanks. are the bookmark queen. I'm a bit bummed that you said Harriet's name before mine, but it's fine. We'll get through it. I did also notice that. Did you? I did notice. Especially yeah, maybe if it's mine because... comes first in the alphabet as well. 
Yeah, but maybe because I know you better, I'm not that bothered about you. I mean, surely, <laughs> technically, surely. <laughs> I'm your employee. I, I, so, another reason I should come yeah, first. Yeah, you should I, come first. I actually look after the oppressed. Shall we start this again? So, oh, okay. Like a, so Ed's doing the Lord's work. Yeah, I yeah. spend a lot of time unoppressing people, <laughs> respecting people, yeah. essentially. That and doesn't make sense. That's what this podcast can be all about respect and anti-oppression <laughs> um no this podcast is going to be about i don't know i had a few notes written down one of them is that i fancy harry styles the other one is <gasps> i fancy alan de botton i think alan de botton would be a better thing for us to focus on to begin with because if we want if we want this to come under a time limit then don't get me started on styles yeah i think that's a universal interest i kind of want to stay straight just because like I've done it for so long, and if I do talk about Harry Styles, there's a chance things are going to be different. Escalate. I yeah. honestly haven't felt this way about someone since, like you know, when you're in school and you got excited to go to school because there was a boy in your class that you fancied. Yeah. Like you get giddy at the thought. I I haven't felt this way <laughs> about someone. It was like like hot builder, nervous. And you'd end up just like talking rubbish because you fancy them so much. Yeah. That's how I feel about Harry Styles. And yeah. he's so far away. So I know. You don't even get to like be near him. I'm a grown sense. woman. Yeah. Yesterday I was at dinner with a friend, one of our mutual friends, and we spoke about Harry Styles for I would say 80% of the dinner. And I that is not an exaggeration at all. I would have loved to have been there. That yeah. sounds brilliant. That could have been a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Actually... Here's an interesting question. You like the Kardashians. Absolutely. I'm so disappointed in you um, for that. Not that it, you shouldn't give a shit what I think, of course, but you love reading books, but also you like the Kardashians. And I, I just, I can't understand it. Have you ever watched the Kardashians? Yeah, I have watched like here and there episodes with ex-girlfriends and stuff like that. And it honestly makes me wish I didn't exist. So there's... So much about there's so many layers and it's it's, it's very layered. There's I'm not watching it for like my intellectual need to be fulfilled. No. I'm watching it one from a standpoint that their life is so alien to me that it's fascinating. Yeah, because I'm not a millionaire in LA. Yeah. Two, they are just funny. They're funny. Yeah. Well. Some of them are. Three, like it is actually really interesting watching how much of kind of like businessmen they are yeah. and how business much. person. Well, no, they've all got businesses, but they're all very I don't there's so much that they have to think about that I would never think about, which I find really interesting. And that actually they are really fucking smart and they know what they're doing and how they're manipulating the media. Yeah. Um but on top of all of that, I just need mind-numbing crap because at the moment I have got such bad baby brain. Like yeah. having a conversation with me is like talking to a wet flannel, which honestly is going to be brilliant for a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really glad we're doing this. Well, I'm, I'm also glad as well. I, I can't now, now that I love reading, and I think I do love it a bit too much maybe, I can't watch mind-numbing stuff anymore. I worry that that's making me become. Do you not need an escape though? Because that's like, well, to be honest, it's similar to reading fiction. But don't you need something where you can just check out? Because reading, yeah, probably. 
that that takes a lot and it's pure i can i cannot think about anything for 40 minutes it's brilliant yeah what when you watch kardashian yeah when you read yeah okay because even reading fiction like it's a complete escape and you go into this other world but you're still having to like imagine stuff yourself yeah it's more active yeah exactly yeah. it's relaxation but it is it's active, active relaxation yeah. <laughs> active relaxation yeah whereas kardashians is pure mind-numbing <clears throat> crap which is fantastic i've actually never seen an episode ever i think you'd really enjoy it i probably would but that's what yeah. i'm afraid of it's like i, I didn't why watch people love love, but like why are you so ashamed to love shit it's brilliant well i think i'm past that it's like last year was the first year i watched Love Island. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, and I wish that that wasn't true. But no, but, but, but no one's above it. Yeah, no. I guess not. I actually applied to Love Island this year. Someone messaged me. Oh, I saw <laughs> you and was do like, that. Hey, do you want to do you want to go on Love Island? And I was thinking, absolutely. I wouldn't, but I. It would be so interesting yeah. to go on and to speak to the people who are on there and be like, yeah, but why do you think that? Or yeah. Do you really think that they meant that? When I they don't said think that? you'll get a lot of screen time. No. Yeah. <laughs> but like they need that person who isn't stupid, maybe. Yeah. I know I th- actually I know some people who have mm-hmm. been on Love Island who aren't stupid, so maybe I shouldn't say that, but most of the time Chris Williamson. He's very smart. Although he left first because he was smart. Yeah. Yeah, they don't like they don't no. let him hang about. Dr. Alex, I guess, he's pretty smart. Oh yeah, he was up to was... doctor. He was bland, though, wasn't he? But yeah, in the interview, um, so I had to, to. What kind of stuff do they ask? So they ask you, like, so, like, if you liked someone, would you go behind their back? What? And I was like, why would I do that? Wouldn't I just be honest with them and say, oh, by the way, I think I like the person that you're with. This is so awkward and terrible. But they're like, no, you like, would you go behind their back? And they're like, what are your icks? Oh. I don't really this know if I'm in a position to having. To like be that fussy, even though we were talking about this earlier, Harriet. Yeah. Like, I definitely am that fussy, but I re- I resent the word ick. And all this ick thing is—it's something that's become so spoken about, and like, what gives you the ick? And it fucking does my head in yeah. because that's when people people will say really weird stuff. Um, it's so precise. It's just, I know, and but really, it's also completely nitpicky. lost what what an ick actually is. Because there's, it's something that will completely turn you off a person. Yeah. It's not like, oh, when my partner does this, it gives me the ick. It's like, no, an ick is something that you'll, you'll you leave can't someone come back for. for it. Exactly, you exactly. Back. I also think that the true ick, you, don't, you can't predict it. You don't see it coming. No. It, somebody just does something. No. And yeah, it catches you by surprise. And then you hate the shit out of them. Yeah. Yeah, or it's, I think sometimes it's not even hating them. It's just, you think... Okay, I think that I just I I've checked out now. I cannot do that. You near you again? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but right, so let's get the first book we'll talk about then. Essays, essays in love, because essays. I'm sure Alan de Botton wouldn't have pernickety little icks. No, but or he'd be accepting of the fact that there's going to be parts about his partner that he despises. But this is interesting in essays in love. So when he's talking about uh, Chloe's teeth. And how he's saying, so the the main protagonist, his girlfriend or the person that he is like fantasizing over and really likes has a gap in her teeth. And at first he finds it really endearing and amazing and lovely. Um, but then as he falls out of love with her, it becomes like, oh, and this horrible gap in her teeth. Yeah. And 
it becomes a very unattractive thing and it's just all about how you how you perceive the person at a moment in time com- complete completely changes yeah because because one thing that i i got reading that book is that like and me and harry were talking about this earlier that i'm gonna have to not be so picky at some point and i'm going to have to not necessarily settle but just like choose someone and be like cool we're a team we're going to work at this together now so what debot like does so well and champions is kind of this post-romanticism era Mm. because romanticism has literally been the death of love in the sense of we're we're set up to think that like relationships need to be this perfect thing the 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 partner that you're with is your safety but a, the same and being your excitement there yeah. um your best friend your co-parent your um person you go to and need however also the same person who gives you excitement and you go on like thrilling adventures with and all of this stuff and that like you 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 have amazing sex with them but then also they make you feel safe and secure mm. and it's like all of these conflicting things this one person is meant to be which is utter bullshit no one can be that yeah so it's about breaking down all of this like well this perfect romantic relationship breaking all all of those values down and doing actually the hard work of one person can't be everything, so you need to go to other people for stuff. Yeah. You need to realise where your own faults lie and where this other person's faults lie and then work at it together. But yeah. that's the thing, like it's what I've said to you before, that love is a skill and yeah. it's absolutely it's fucking bullshit that we're just it's just assumed that if if you're in love with someone and it's right I'm doing air quotes for people who can't see. Um, it shouldn't have to be worked at. Yeah. Mm. I think as well, um, just on the love as a skill thing, I think now more than ever, love needs to be a skill because we're dying later. Yeah. Well, I think you talked about that as well. Yeah. The idea that the story used to be you meet someone, you fall wildly in love, you have a couple of kids, and then probably quite soon at 26 you die yeah that's the way it goes you have like a good three years and then you're out yeah Yeah. this increased life expectancy has just brought anxiety and pain massively and being able to see your grandkids i guess that'll probably be quite a good thing yeah that one great grandkids playing cards playing cards is underrated um but yeah i like what you say love is a skill it is romanticism is people hate to hear the romanticism's bullshit they really like it's, it's, it's so the idealist yeah view on relationships and that as soon as it's a bit tough or as soon as someone's doing stuff like you said that isn't entirely what you'd like them to be doing you check out but the fact is like if you keep doing that then relationships aren't going to work and marriages won't work so you have to you have to you have to work at it and it's about kind of putting it's it's not sexy do you know what i mean yeah like having to talk about oh finances and yeah. s- stuff like laundry 
which fabric softener are we exactly and it's not my it's ick. not i don't use it <laughs> <laughs> it's not cool but that's the stuff that's going to break a relationship is the tiny mundane things like oh he keeps throwing his towel on the floor and it's doing my head in mm. if you don't talk about that stuff then that's the tiny things that chip away and will break a relationship and yeah. someone will just check out with whereas if you talk about it and work at it then you progress further yeah well, if people are just honest with themselves, I think there's there's a few things people can gain from being honest with themselves is they'll just realise kind of like how fucked they are, right? Like oh, completely. In, in their brain, they behave in bad ways. They think the wrong thoughts. Like people are, are never perfect. And, and when you give yourself a chance to look at, like truly like look at yourself, which I, for some reason, like a weird like masochist, like I love looking at myself honestly. I'm like, wow, you are fucked, mate. Um, but I feel like that helps me with other people because I'm like, oh, they're trying, like they're really giving it a go, but they're a person who probably doesn't have free will and they're making mistakes, which well, makes me think yeah. like my previous relationships, like, maybe I should have worked harder. I mean, I, guess I think no, there's, there's no use thinking that. Yeah, there's always a there's a time to know when to to check out there's no yeah. point in what's what's the phrase flogging a dead horse flogging a dead horse <laughs> yeah like <laughs> if you're not getting on with someone then break yeah. up with them but uh, if if something's worth salvaging then you just need to work at it don't you but you're so right in that you need to be self-aware of your own flaws in order to be able to offer yourself up to someone else mm. because otherwise it's never going to go anywhere well, it just makes you more compassionate doesn't it Cause yeah it, it makes you think like well yeah, I'd probably do the same if I was given the life experience they had or, or like this set of circumstance. But yeah, flogging a dead horse is not ideal. Maybe that's <laughs> what I was doing previously. But I, th- I think reading essays in love, um, what else have I read on love? I actually read How to Think More About Sex by Alan Bottom as well. Oh, yeah, I read that, I read that um, as well. That was kind yeah. of weird, but... I mean, he's literally saying the same stuff. Yeah. Have you read The School of Life? Yeah, yeah, emotional. Oh, yeah, the is it an emotional education? Yeah, that one. I can't remember much of it. Annoyingly, it was many, many books ago. It was like it was like a summary of all. Yeah, what he's of his stuff, what he preaches, really. I think what what I really liked about that one, and it does relate to essays and love, is how much he talks about um, flaws, but also the importance of not necessarily always speaking nicely to your partner. I really like the way he has kind of framed that honesty and imperfection as actually a sign of strength in a relationship. Like, obviously, a line, it's not... Yeah, don't be abused. Abuse yeah. is not okay. <laughs> but um, I think he's he's a big advocate of being able to say to your partner that, you know, wanker, yeah. stop doing that. Can you just fuck off for a second? Yeah. Um, and that that is a sign of strength because it means that you're comfortable enough to be oh. that full self around Well, that's them. what people say, isn't it? That we treat those closest to us the worst because yeah. they can't leave. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But they can. <laughs> but they can. <laughs> Plot twist. <Yeah>. They can. <laughs> but that's why, so my self and my partner have a relationship meeting and we... So the first of every month, it sounds so incredibly wanky and I'm so aware of how wanky it sounds. However, we've been together seven years now and we're still strong. I'm like sick house, baby, cat. 
cat. Yeah, cat's the main main uh, point there. Yeah, but yeah, so it seems to be working up until now. Um, so we have, and we make a night of it. So we get a takeaway, think about like a cool film we want to watch afterwards, and we will just there's an agenda and everything because I'm such a nerd, and we'll just go through kind of everything. It's kind of just sanity checking, like where we're both at in the relationship, how we're both feeling. Um, and it's a really good time to be able to talk about stuff that's really fucking pissed you off, even if it's minimal. So yeah. he used Ed, he used my flosser. <laughs> and this is and not the first time I'm not hearing about it. This is not the first time that is hearing about it. <laughs> <laughs> because it was, no. So you're laughing, you're laughing, We're, but it pretended it. It's not funny. It, it, it was actually, not funny at the time. It actually <laughs> resulted in me throwing a lamp at him. So the, it, it was... It was like it, it was a, no, so it was it was an accidental. I th- I pushed the bedside table over and the lamp smashed. But it's cooler if I say that I chucked a lamp. Yeah, yeah. not cooler because abuse isn't fun. But you know where I'm at. Yeah, yeah, like Parent More Trap. Drama. Exactly yeah. like Parent Trap. Yeah. Um, but it's a really good time to talk about tiny things that pissed you off and, um, kind of explain and communicate. Like, look, I'm sorry, I reacted so insanely yeah. to something like visibly minimal however this is how it made me feel this is why i acted that way this is how i'd like you to perhaps not do this in the future and we just talk about it and you can't get angry in the meeting that's a rule um and what you, if you do get angry in the meeting because you can't really control if you're maybe you can control if you're angry i think because you go into it knowing like you just have to fully hear them out and to be honest yeah. when someone's actually explained where they're coming from well, it's workshopping yeah it is exactly workshopping got it when someone's explained why something made them feel this way how it, and and been fully aware of how ridiculous it is yeah, yeah. that they've done this thing and being very self-aware, like, I know that I re- re- reacted like an absolute psychopath. I'm, I apologise. Yeah. I'm taking responsibility for it. However, this is why. Yeah. That actually you don't get that mad because it's like, oh, okay, I understand. Like, you are mental. Yeah. But, okay, I won't do that again. But, like, so did everyone. But then he did it again. <laughs> oh. Honestly. <laughs> Have you had a relationship meeting about that? Or is We've that got the agenda Saturday. of the next one? <laughs> yeah, the first on Saturday. But will it be coming up? Absolutely it'll be coming up. He used my flutter again after I asked him not to in the previous relationship meeting, Ed. Yeah, this is serious business. It's, it's serious completely business. undermining the whole point of the relationship meeting. It's because, for listeners... I had the hygienist and there's this special flosser that fits between my teeth because my teeth are quite close together. Mm. And he used my last one. It's unacceptable, I suppose. It's unacceptable. I'm sorry for asked to not. Making you think about that. Yeah, it's okay. I'll get through it. I'll I'll talk it out on the Saturday. <laughs> <laughs> See, now I, like, I wish I'd done stuff like that. I did actually use, uh, in my previous relationship, the Get to Know Yourself cards by the School of Life. Oh, yeah. Is, have you ever used no. those? I'm aware of um, them. So they're one of Alan the Bottom's little yeah. things. Uh, he's got them about sex, got them about loads of different things. But there's Get to Know Yourself cards that are like journaling prompts. I recommend everyone get them at some point or at least use some of the prompts because it helps you genuinely get to know yourself. What's an example of a prompt? Um, what is something you resent your parents for? Right. Or like what is something about your childhood you've never let go of? Mm-hmm. Like real deep shit. And me and Lauren were at like an Airbnb and we both had like COVID at the time. So we just like went through these like 100 cards. And 
there's I think throughout life, right, you, you go through different types of relationships and there are people you like get to know and then there are people that you don't really like get to know, but you're with them and somehow you stay with them without really ever knowing them. Using that accelerated our relationship, I think, by like two or three years. Yeah. That it would have been if we if we hadn't like used those cards. Obviously, we're broken up now, so I guess... He's to blame. Yeah, Alan's bottom's <laughs> to blame. But like, maybe that helped me get to like, know her more and her gets to know me more and then we both kind of were like this isn't gonna work it's a time saver i think yeah. you can never lose out from communicating more and getting to know somebody more surely i think uh you can be too much yourself on like a first uh, date. oh okay yeah and like sure, an early like when i'm actually in a relationship i've been on dates and been yeah. like people are like oh so what do you do i'm like mostly i just worry about artificial intelligence um <laughs> and here's why <laughs> and then i'll give my like ed talk on why ai is really scary and this like poor unassuming woman will just be like oh have <laughs> you read like clara a... in the sun no i haven't but i do really want to yeah i'm um, ready yet no it's on it's on it's on my list like it's millions of people have read it right yeah. It's, it's about AI. Uh, yeah, I've just heard it's about AI. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like getting that kind of conversation, an honest, non judgmental conversation in once a month, I imagine it's pretty good. So if you're listening and you decide to do that and it goes well, please let me know because I will be implementing it into my next relationship. Yeah. So I'll give you a basic breakdown of categories. So we do a wo- emotional wellness, we do a little out of 10 score. And then go into it. Mm. Um, physical wellness, out of 10, and then go into it. Um, future planning, so stuff you want to do, where you want to be, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then goals, so like the actions from what you've come up with, like don't use my flosser. And then um, we like end on compliments because it's nice to end on a good thing. And yeah. sometimes it can be quite harsh, <laughs> like stuff that's come out. <laughs> So we like to try and end on a positive, otherwise okay. we'd never speak to each other again. Yeah, that's nice. Yeah, it's got like, to have something. Between even if it's just like, oh yeah, you look good in your pants. It's like, okay, thanks. <laughs> yeah, that is actually always quite nice. Like once yeah, you've had is. your whole life torn apart. Yeah, but yeah, but you you look good pretty in your pants. Oh, yeah. Thank you. <laughs> I just had a baby. <laughs> Love you what did. you've been doing yeah. with your hair Thanks. lately. Yeah. <laughs> have you like read any parenting books, or um, or are they all a bit wanky? Have I, no, I haven't. No, I, I, my Matt got me the good enough parent, oh, yeah. um, from the school of life, and I've started it, but no. haven't, haven't finished it. It was yeah. good, but I just can't concentrate on anything at the moment. Because <laughs> I imagine, like, there probably are some books out there about parenting, but the, maybe, the, maybe, maybe yeah, there are. There definitely will be, right? Of course, possibly millions. Um. Millions of books on parenting. But I kind of feel like maybe I've gone full circle with the whole self-help thing at at this stage. But I'm not, aren't there some bits of your life that you're meant to just... Wing? Kind of wing it, yeah. Like you're meant to make little mistakes. Nothing major. Like you don't need a self-help book to say like, hey, don't leave your baby in a fireplace and all of that like pretty obvious stuff. But waking your baby up and these self-help books probably are like tell your baby it's beautiful and that it's fantastic (laughs) and it's talented and that the world's a lovely place and it's going to be successful i'm going to make him grow up with such an inflated ego (laughs) you are so handsome it's like no one is 
no one looks as good as you at your school. It's so weird. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I just, yeah, go the flow. Yeah, because I, I, I feel Fly like also Peter Pants. our generation's like obsession with this, like we have to know everything about everything and be really like skilled at what we're doing. I think it's going to be one of our downfalls because like our parents probably didn't look up stuff and we're all all right, aren't we? Mm. All right enough. I mean, um, I think we, I've definitely spoken to both of you about how much I love Zadie Smith, not just mm. as an author, but um, just the way she thinks about things, yeah. and speaks about things. And she speaks about parenting and the idea. Does of she? Stuff. Yeah, I'll have to send you some podcasts. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I mean, they're, they're great. But um, she, she speaks about not overdoing it and how she actually thinks that there's nothing wrong with what she calls ordinary unhappiness in childhood. And she thinks that it can actually be quite healthy for a person to just experience, you know, nothing, nothing awfully traumatic, but just ordinary unhappiness. And she also makes the point of, you know, who, what happy child goes on to do something yeah. incredible, which I don't know. I don't know the science on that, but um, it's an interesting concept. Jimmy Carr yeah. always says um, when he meets a comedian, um, oh, so which of your parents uh, was ill or like which huh. of your parents was unhappy? As in because comedians will always have to have some kind of traumatic upbringing or something go wrong for them to find humour and find comedy. Yeah, I'm going to get a Nietzsche quote. I've just... Is that how you say it? Nietzsche? Is that right? Frederick Nietzsche. Nietzsche. I'd say I'd Nietzsche, say but Nietzsche. he's dead. I don't know. So yeah. he doesn't care. No. And I'm sure he wouldn't have given a shit anyway. But he says, to those human beings who are of any concern to me, I wish suffering, desolation, sickness, ill treatment, indignities. I wish that they should not remain unfamiliar with profound self-contempt, the torture of self-mistrust, the wretchedness of the vanquished. I have no pity for them because I wish them only... I wish them the only thing that they can prove today, whether one is worth anything or not, is that one endures. Wow. I almost did that perfectly. I'm a bit gutted. But there is something about the fact that having a shit go happen to you or around you, like it just it, it makes you as a person. And well, that's like we really stoicism, to, isn't it? Yeah. Well, that's just like life. I, I don't know anyone who I don't know anyone who's like truly, truly happy all the time. This is, yeah, well, no one is. This is one problem that in right? my in my dating life is the a girl I went out with was like, oh I just like I think my mum's amazing. I'm like, do you? Is anyone amazing? <laughs> <laughs> Doesn't go down too well. You but... must be infuriating <laughs> to date. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, mm, let's dig into that a little bit more. What do you mean by amazing? Sorry, sorry. Um, but, no, like, where was I going before I said, before you said you were going to wee? Sorry. Frederick Nietzsche, I want people to have bad things happen to them. Yeah, about endurance of suffering. But even if you have it good, you'll find, like, people will find ways to make it bad because, like, that is, we rely on having sufferings to add context to, like, the happiness. Yeah, it's so important. You need the downs with but you. saying it makes you sound like such a cunt to be like, well, you do need to be a bit sad sometimes. You need to have that like discontented feeling of like things could be bloody better, couldn't they? 
And that's why I don't really buy into the whole, like, be grateful for all of your life. It's like, well, I think if you are grateful for all of your life, things are going to soon fall apart because you need that shit. You need stuff to suck. Do you think it makes it easier handling the the bad times, knowing that... Not really. They're important. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. No. Sometimes I'll be pretty miserable and I think, come on, Ed, do you know that... You- need this like the myth of sisyphus like push that rock up the hill and i'm like, that feels like is that helpful yeah. yeah like i talk like i i write about it now or try to because guys everyone go on my website and read what i write I'm trying mm-hmm. to be a writer and i'm like yeah just love every feeling that comes your way and i'm like i'm screaming at myself to do this i'm writing essentially to myself to be like you need to do this bro like you need to think like this yeah, well, that's like everyone says, if you treated yourself like you were to treat your best friend, then no one would have any issues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I but, think, um, sorry, go on. Dude. No, I was just going to ask, so you writing, um, what's the opposite to fiction? Non-fiction. Non-fiction. Ed, my brain is mush. That's blogs? okay, it's okay. Blogs, oh, yeah, cool. blogs. No, but that's I mean like the book that you're writing, because I know that you were writing fiction. Oh, I, I was writing fiction, I am writing another fiction. Another fiction. Another fiction, oh, but okay. different. But more like I'm not bothered about people buying it kind of fiction. Okay. More I'm like, I want to express myself through the medium of writing. God, if if people want to read it, that's great. I imagine getting a publisher to buy it will be very hard unless lots of people start listening to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> like lots and lots more. Um, because it's like I, I quite like nihilist fiction at the moment. I like the whole like pessimist realism yeah um a protagonist who isn't liked no god no bit weird bit apathetic bit not hateable but like you just want them to do something not a sympathetic character. not a sympathetic character um but i'm also writing like, that's like catcher in the rye did you read it no i maybe i need to read that you would that yeah definitely yeah. You, oh, yeah. Is, is it not, really, really he good? He's not a protagonist that is liked. Um, it's just nothing really happens in it, but he's you. You want him to do. Yeah, it's funny because I think I think I'm not sure if I agree that you don't like him because, or maybe you don't like him, but you kind of love him. Yeah, because there's a kind of empathy. I guess. You, yeah, you have empathy because he is so awful. But okay. <clears throat> but because you're with him. And you're in his head, and it's quite a close narrative, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I bet that's cheap on Kindle, or even maybe free. Lots of old books. Are cheap I mean, I've free. got like twelve there, so you can. You're welcome to one. I would never take from your collection. I'll. Uh, oh, you definitely. I'll. Can. Um, I just buy one whenever I see it. I'll Kindle it. So, Catching the Rye. Yeah. So that's my my book. But basically, everyone listening, it's a secret that I'm writing that book. Oh, sorry. That's all right. No, I just throw you in it. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 it's fine. I'm only keeping it a secret so that I don't have to be committed to it. So oh, okay. Don't ask me about it. Yeah. But I suppose that's a good way to commit. It is. Because, like, so, someone... You need to be me. held accountable. Someone messaged me the other day, like, oh, how's your book going? I was like, oh, yeah, that has been in the bin for <laughs> a long time. <laughs> like, the, the reason I stopped writing that book is because I, like, I, I wrote loads of it. Got someone to, like, read over it and kind of, like, edit it a little bit. Realised it was total dog shit. And that I have no idea what it's like to be a woman, to write from like a woman's perspective and trying to show a very human problem means that I ignore a lot of the woman-specific problems. And it's just a bit shit. I think the thing about writing 
is I, I actually believe that you can write from any perspective you mm. like. I very much believe in creative freedom. Just However, quickly for context, Harriet is an author and has a published book. Just, she does. Everybody. Okay. But setting that aside. You can't read it. You can't read it unless you, you speak Spanish. Yeah, if you speak Spanish, <laughs> very great news. What's it, what's it called? In Spanish? Yeah. Um, La Vida Adulta y Otras Dramas. Okay. And what's that in English? Um, well, they changed adulthood. Yeah, so it's not that I don't know the title yeah, of my yeah, own yeah. book. It's just that it has a new title. <laughs> so that would be Adulthood and Other Dramas. But it, okay. it, the original title that is in, on the inside cover... Mm is um fully fledged adult woman fully fledged yeah adult woman. anyway what i wanted to say yes just to come back to my point was um i, I did a write a creative writing ma and so i, I was at and a lot tell of me what an ma is a master's it's just a master's degree okay. um where nice. you have fun and fuck around writing for a year basically okay. and then they give you a certificate nice. um but i listened to a lot of authors talk but the number one piece of advice i would say i took away from the course is a woman i wish i could remember who said it um but she said have something for free writing is hard enough by itself without overcomplicating it by thinking oh i'm gonna write from um a, a woman's perspective if i'm a man i'm gonna pretend i'm 50 if i'm 25 yeah. i'm gonna pretend that you know i'm a professional skier even though i've never I've never, you know, been to another country or yeah. touched snow, you know, have something for free. And actually, after I went, I, I was at that talk, I came back and I thought, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to write and I'm going to pretend that I am a protagonist in my early 20s, which is what I am, basically. Yeah. And she's going to be from my hometown and she's going to be a girl and I'm going to have so much for free and know the plot is not me the other characters aren't people in my life, but you've got that foundation. I think that helps so much, especially when you're starting out yeah. and you've never done it before. So yeah. of course it's going to be hard. I feel like, well, there's a, there's a quote from Anne Lamott and she's like, if people wanted you to like write about them in a better light, they should have treated you better. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. there are going to be people That's who good. will like read a, a book or your book and like recognize themselves in it if they know you. Because, you can get because, sued for that though, seriously. Really? really? Yeah, that was another lesson I learned on my master's degree. Yeah, yeah. You can't get sued in England. Okay, I'll I will correct my terminology. I'm not sure yeah. if it's technically getting sued, but yeah, I know somebody whose book got pulled the on publication week. I won't say who it is. What? Because did they because use somebody, real names? No, because somebody accused them. Apparently, it wasn't even a connection. They it wasn't. Really? really you, yeah oh my but god who do i know is likely enough. to sue i'm yeah. gonna write their name into my book how would however you love to be immortalized <laughs> but in I'll written you, words i'll have a daisy yes mate <laughs> use my full name and yeah. then put my website okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> capitalism which is <laughs> i don't know i don't have a website no, it's daisy, it's daisy yeah. just saying yeah but just a tip if you did mm. want to write anyone into your book um one of my tutors said if you're writing somebody and you don't like them and so they are not coming off very well, um, just describe them as being devastatingly handsome or like incredibly beautiful. Give them something good. Well, it's because no one's going to want to come in and say, I think that I'm this character. Because uh -huh. in doing so, they are admitting that they think that they are devastatingly handsome. But that is so bizarre to me that someone yeah. could be like, I think I'm this character, and then it pulls the book. I hate 
the world when shit yeah, like I'm pretty that sure. Now I'm now I'm hearing you say it, it sounds unlikely, but I'm pretty yeah. sure that, that was that was a warning tale. God, yeah, that is mental. I hope I offend some people. I think if you offend nobody, that's, that's the goal. That's the goal. Well, it's like um, I think I think it was Nisha Dolan who was on a podcast recently. I was listening to, and she was saying that um, she kind of enjoys being challenged in a book mm. sometimes. I think that that's what she was saying anyway. That um, you know, she's not just in reading to love a book and yeah. agree with everything that's in the book. I've, and I agree with that. I read a book um called Life for Sale by Yuko Mishima, who's weirdly cool guys like from japan and he committed suicide like a ritual suicide after he failed to create a coup in japan like and he's like been nominated for i think it was a booker prize like three times but in the book this is well this is a spoiler but it doesn't matter it doesn't ruin the whole story he's like with a woman who wants to bleed him dry who like essentially feeds on his blood real actual not metaphor not metaphor like like cuts him every single day but he has put his life like for sale in the paper so people keep trying to buy him and trying to make him do stuff and he's like yeah well oh there's nothing else going for me so i suppose you can drink my blood and like it's just so weird i'm like have you read a book called boy parts i gave you boy parts didn't i oh my god that's such a weird book isn't it i haven't I, I don't actually weird. think I, I don't know that I enjoyed comfortable reading a book um, as boy parts since I've read Lolita. So I read Lolita, I felt very uncomfortable, and then I read boy parts, and it was a really similar feeling. Interesting. Actually. Do you and see the completely different narratives? Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 completely different narratives, but it's a similar kind of. It's a, yeah, yeah. It wasn't an easy read, yeah, but I finished it, so it couldn't. Well have, it wasn't bad. Why it didn't it finish Lolita? Because. I don't really want to be violent with anyone in the world apart from paedophiles. I know that some of them can't help it and maybe someone somewhere is a better person than me and they're more compassionate. But I will, I would love, I would love to use my jiu-jitsu in real life <laughs> on a paedophile and just break his knee and an arm. Just like, not dead, but just like really annoying having to limp for like sure. three years. Which makes me sound like a psycho. No, Maybe I, it doesn't. you were going like to say something worse than breaking a knee, I'll be honest. Uh, that's yeah. reasonable. It yeah. is <laughs> interesting, isn't it? How kind of uh, the like society is now, now, like you just framed talking about paedophiles as, I know that it's not their fault and yeah. they can't help it. It's like the complete shift of yeah. now we're, now we're, s- trying to have empathy for them and compassion yeah i know <laughs> and that's not that doesn't have to be the case yeah, <laughs> like, it doesn't. but i've read sam harris's essay on free will so i have i have to have compassion to ev- for everyone oh, now read that. and so like oh there was it's like compassion fatigue or empathy fatigue and that's that's my limit is pedophiles mm. um which is I guess fair enough. We yeah, can, I think that's a that. line that is okay to be. It's okay about. to cross. Yeah. yeah, just a little knee bar. So if any <laughs> paedophiles are listening, stop because I hate you. Um, even though it's not your fault. Um, anyway, back to Lolita. Lolita is a book about a paedophile, and I had to stop. Um, is he actually a paedophile? Does he act on it? Oh, it's so uncomfortable. Oh, okay. I yeah. mean, it is. Yeah, yeah. I don't think that that's a controversial thing to say. He's I, definitely a paedophile. I had to stop reading after he spoke about like 
a 12 year old girl's like voluptuous rump sitting on his lap or something and which is weird isn't it because it escalates from that yeah yeah Yeah, i would call that small fry okay um but it's weird because it's a complete classic isn't it yeah but why i don't know i guess it's because it's crossed boundaries i think it's that i think it's the fact that it was so wildly controversial controversial and just awful but i think that uh, it happens quite a lot in sort of the quote-unquote literary fiction world that if somebody takes a perspective that hasn't been done before and they yeah. do it in a way that is uncomfortable... Shuggy Bane. Then I actually haven't read that. I haven't read that. Have you not? Oh, no. pretty good. Yeah. I, I'll do you like Scottish it. people and Scottish accents? Because yeah. is it written in yeah. Scottish? Like in the... in the not it's like, It talks about like wee burns and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. the dialect. Yeah, and Scottish like my favourite accent. I do need to read it. I've heard so so many good things about it. But I think that the reason, my honest reason for my hesitation is that I tend to get on better with like Costa Prize winners than um, Booker Prize. What's a Costa Prize? I've never got on with the Booker Prizes. Yeah, I think Booker Prize is always a a bit bit too literary for me. Yeah, a bit too, um, how would you put, up their arse. Oh, <laughs> yes. I think we do just put that as just up their arse. It's experimental. experimental. Yeah. Yeah, milk, Milkman. Oh, fucking hell. I did what a try. shit book. I did try. I tried. But milkman. I didn't succeed. The Milkman. I, I don't, I don't, I oh. don't want to slag it off because I think it is oh, a yeah. good book. But it's got this thing about slagging people off. And you don't like it. No, I think because obviously she's an author and knows how hard it is actually it's to write so a book. <laughs> it's so hard that actually yeah, anyone who's done it, who's got to that stage, I've got nothing but respect. Whereas, yeah. I, and I just think that like happy to one star on Goodreads. Yeah, I'm not happy to one star on Goodreads. No. I've never done a one star. I will never go below three stars. So if you've read my book and you want to give me below three stars, just think about that. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but, but no, you wouldn't I wouldn't do it back. It wouldn't be. I wouldn't do it back. No. Um, but no, I, I just, I think my feelings about if I like a book or not is very much to do with me. Like, I will never say to someone, "Oh, that book shit." I read yeah. that book. It's personal it opinion. was shit. I will say, "Oh, I read that book and I didn't really like it." Yeah. yeah. But I, I, so I draw the line at saying that's shit yeah. because somebody else might really like it. It is really interesting, and yeah. even even just the books that we've shared. Um, with each other yeah. we've had very differing opinions on some of them like Rooney's last one. Uh, oh, really well you you were Loved obsessed it. with it yeah. yeah and i was Rooney. uh sally Rooney. sally Rooney. oh um beautiful Rooney. world yeah you see yeah. i don't even know what it's called where are you yeah because i i really loved the yeah, you emails because i do I email with it. my friends like i've seen a lot of people saying like oh millennials and gen z don't email like this they do not communicate yeah. like this i communicate like that yeah so i think um have you read that um i haven't read any of her books i <gasps> did watch normal people though Conversations with friends is really good. I is it? That, yeah, I love conversations with friends so much. But I've heard people who hate it. I yeah, but, I know but, a lot of people yeah. who hate it. But I really like it because I think that it is unpredictable. I did not see the ending coming. Uh, but, but, I won't say the ending. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't see it coming. Okay. Yeah. And the protagonist. Conversations with friends. I, I'm not sure the protagonist learns, which I like in a yeah. book. Doesn't learn. Well, I mean, obviously that's a yeah. yeah. That's my opinion. But I kind of I You don't, yeah. I don't you know how you'd have to yeah. say it's your opinion on Whereas I yeah. <laughs> just love like the power play and the language and the 
whereas that's what I think is kind of missing in other in normal people which is why I preferred conversations with friends normal people were so such a compulsive read that it felt uh just just like really enjoyable fiction yeah it was easy it was such a page yeah I remember I sat down to read like because it was a course book when I was on my was it yeah really because it was on a because there was a, a module called writing now and it had just come out and um, oh. so I, I hadn't even heard of her before that point. And I, I, so I, I just sat down to read like 15, 20 minutes of it. And I was still in this, the exact same position four hours later. Really? Yeah. When my, my boyfriend at the time came back and we had to leave and I realized I hadn't packed anything. We were going away for the weekend and I just, I had just sat down and accidentally read. Oh, that's such hours. a compliment, oh, isn't it? Yeah. That's unreal. Yeah. I, yeah. Last time I had that was Harry Potter. Mine was a little lie. Really? I'm scared to read a little I, lie. Oh my God, you have to. I've Harry, made Giles. It off. Giles has been I, reading I, I tried it to give her a copy. He was like, <laughs> he he was like uh, I did. I really did. did. I said, I need to be more emotionally stable yeah. before I started. She was like, yeah. I've, I've just no, not, that's, that's fair not got the capacity for that right now. My mum's waiting until she retires. <laughs> yeah. Um, but when Giles was like reading out the first bit, he was like, am I Jude and you Willem? And I was like, oh no. Oh, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> um, but you don't get that, Harriet. No. <laughs> and neither does anyone who hasn't read it listening. But people who have read it, get it. Is that, a great is that, is that like a TikTok thing? It's like people who get it, get it. I don't know. I, I don't, don't. I don't have TikTok. I do have an account on TikTok, but I, I don't use it. Mine, it can't be deleted. They will not let you delete it. Are you serious? I promise you, and I'm not saying this just to be out there, but... There is something fishy about Chinese government and TikTok. And I'm not, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm really trying something's not to be a conspiracy there. theorist. But if anyone watches uh, Adam Curtis's documentaries yeah. on BBC. Have you seen hyper-normalism? Yep. You'll never sleep ever again because like the whole East and West. Going oh yeah, they're fucking other. us. It's not, we, we cannot mix communism and capitalism. It doesn't work. And there are lots of people suffering for it. China's taking and, over. Yeah, basically. It's a long game. From behind. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, massively. I'm not ready for that. But at least it'll make life quite interesting. Like pandemic, what's been going on recently? Ukraine, war, Yemen and Saudi Arabia, they're at each other's throats. Communist China, on the way. Looking forward to it. <laughs> <laughs> South Park actually did an episode on, on um, like, Russia recently right. and, and China and one of the characters like better dead than red a commie's a commie <laughs> <laughs> which is funny but it's not my joke everyone just in case does that make me a bad person for saying I've that I've never been South Park I didn't like how the little people moved yeah I think they're genius imagine having yeah, that no, shit oh, of a cartoon complete, be so popular yeah, absolute geniuses um but I just yeah I didn't like how the little people moved well just the yeah, the that, that bit, yeah. yeah. And, and that stressed me out a bit. That was a, as far as the chance went, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah. maybe I'll, I'll, give I'll st- stick with Family Guy, where my characters are smooth. <laughs> <laughs> the, the better the animation. Yeah. Um, where were we before Communist China? I haven't got a clue. Sally Rooney. Sally Rooney. Oh, yeah. Talking yeah. About, um, well, we've got 10 minutes left. Not that we're actually on a strict time, but Harriet, as a esteemed author... I'm, I wouldn't say a Steve. Harriet, you have a book and it says Penguin Random House on it. 
That is that's not a sure. bloody publisher. It says Penguin Libros. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I Do you know wait. how many Spanish speakers there are in the world? Um, I couldn't tell you. No. I can't either, but no. I know it's lots of billions. It's lo- lots of billions. I think, think it might billion? be lots of millions. A billion. Do you how think many? a billion? Maybe. There's 7 billion, billion people in the world. Yeah, so one seventh oh, yeah. Spanish. Yeah, I'm not, not sure. That's a, that's I'm not sure about that. Maybe half a billion. Guys. Half a billion. Half a billion people could potentially could read your potentially book. Read my Think book. about that. And give you one star. Yeah, I have thought about that and it makes me sweat actively. <laughs> Does it? Oh, yeah. 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 It's a very weird feeling. Okay, well... How many books did you come up with in your head before we started this podcast of things that you would recommend for people to read as a esteemed author? Like from the perspective of me as a writer or no, just, just books I've liked? Just whatever perspective you okay. want to give. I just want one. Just one? Just one. Yeah, I'll okay. be interested. Just one. Um, like if I met you on the street and I said, I need a book. a book. So I'll say the book that I've I've bought most people then, I guess. Yeah. Which is actually, um, it sounds really on the nose whenever I say it, but it's Writers and Lovers by Lily King. I so don't, that's another one. That's a really, that's one, Daisy didn't like that one. Well, I just, I thought it was a bit wet. Yeah. Yeah. Bit wet. But I just, I thought the character was so well written. But this is because you're a writer, so you could really relate with it. For me, she was a really sympathetic character, but also I, I sent it to... My friend, would you would you ask author. me to read it? I think you would like it. Okay. Yeah, I I think. Okay. Yeah. Felt a bit um not rom com, just a <laughs> bit light. But interestingly, it's interesting that you say rom com because I I watched an online talk in lockdown with Lily King with Ling- Lily King, but she was <laughs> um oh my gosh, what's her name? The she was interviewed by um. Who who's the author of, of the the teen books? Which like, no, Jacqueline Wilson. No, 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 no. In America, like um, Judy Bloom. Oh right, yeah. Who's obviously you know an icon, but very know. commercial. Very. Do you not? No, I'm well, not actually, a teenage that's, American girl. Not, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not too surprised. <laughs> but um, I I was very interested by that connection, and um, you know, it was it was a great conversation because. Lily King was just saying how Judy Bloom's books were the first thing that really got her into, you know, writing and reading and wanting to be a writer. Mm. And then um, Judy Bloom saying how she um, she finished Writers and Lovers and then she did something that she'd never done before, which was immediately go back to the first page and read it again. Oh my God. And then mm. the day of the interview, she said she was going to think about... Um, questions you know interesting questions to ask Lily but actually what she did accidentally was she picked up the book and she read it again god I just could never that I just that shocks me but that's a that's a writer yeah doing that so I think there's something about the book that she just captures because it's about a woman who is you know she's I think she's 31 and she's still waiting tables and she's she's still writing she's still trying to write her novel her mum died that year or the previous year um, you know her love life's just gone to shit and it's about it's about what writing and continuing even once most people who you started writing with have stopped writing and gone on to have these different lives yeah. but it's also about how you navigate the dating world and I think that 
really interested me as well because I don't want to give any spoilers but I think I think from a moralistic perspective you kind of expect the book to go in a certain direction and it doesn't and I just I love the fact that it just felt like the book was I think it does have a happy ending but I felt like it got there in a way that was not conventional that's quite similar to its yeah. times and which is another book I would that would be on my list that I did enjoy yeah Who's that? Uh, so that's Nisha Dolan, Exciting Times. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's just, it's been so popular. But for, is she in Japan? Is she in Japan in the book? Yeah, I think she's in Japan. Tokyo. It makes me so sad that there are so many books. There's a word for that. There's a word for that. I don't know. Did you say Japanese because they just said Japan? No, I think I said it because I think I've seen it. It's like to. No, that's ritual. Suicide. I wouldn't say it. it's like Italian or something. It's yeah, a word for the for the kind of overwhelming grief you feel when you look at a bookshelf and know that there's no time to read all yeah. of those books. I can't believe that not everyone in the world want like doesn't get that feeling. Can't go into a bookshop and think, "Oh my god, I'm so fucking stupid. I'm never going to know what's in all of these books. How how does that happen?" I went to Waterstones yesterday. Shout out real life bookshops. Um, Matt and, and I met in Waterstones. Did you? Ah, oh. I know. Yeah, that's that's a good story. Yeah. Um, and I was looking at the philosophy section, like a tiny, tiny little bit, only as wide as your painting there, which for people listening is about a meter, I guess. And there was just so much there that I was like, I can't even read all of these books, but I really want to know like what this person thought about that, or I want these people to help me think better. Have you ever reread a book? Yep. Um. Selfie by Will Storm really? like twice because um, I really wanted to. I want to know all that. Yeah, I'm re-listening to the Status Game. Yeah, uh, science storytelling by Will Storm. Interesting because uh, not a big fan. Yeah, full bit of a fan. fan actually. Yeah, um, <laughs> Will Storm and his work. Um, Non-fiction rereading. It feels like just kind of reminding mm. yourself, like revising. Yeah, kind yeah. of, isn't it? How I reread a novel. I actually don't think I have. But I, I could have and then have forgotten. Yeah, doing so. I think I forget a lot about my life. I've reread conversations have you read with friends. Yeah, I've reread that as well. Yeah, but I like to leave it. Like sometimes I finish a book and I think I know I'm going to want to read this again, and I'm going to want to read it in about six months. But I'm not <laughs> going to. Yet. I'm going to wait at least like two years. So oh, I, really? I'm left with the well, feeling. I know the feeling it gives me. Is it exciting? I want to. I want to forget. I want to forget the details. So yeah. it's like reading it for the first time again. I'm going to read A Little Life again. Yeah. That. And I'm also going to read 1984. Uh, yeah, you really didn't get on with it, did you? I didn't get on with that, but I was stupid back then, so... It's such a good book. Now I actually, like, kind of care about society-ish. Yeah. Or understand it a lot What better. are the ones that you've, like, are meant to be classics that you've not got on with? Because that really... Sh- I was like... Um, well, I loved Animal Farm and I loved Brave New World that I read recently. Yeah. It wasn't even that I completely loved it. It's that I was just like, it's insane. Yeah, it's incredible. He had that vision of like what the world's going to be like. Yeah. Um, because the world is way more like Huxleyan than it is Orwellian at the moment, which sounds like a pretty fancy thing to say. But it's just good surnames, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's, it's good good surnames. Fancy sounding surnames. Um, what else have I read that's a classic? I used to really like The Alchemist. Yeah, that's a good book. I I don't think I'd like it now, though. I'm not... 
I'm like I'm not that like spiritual anymore. My mum used that to part teach of me that has been killed to continue <laughs> Really? Yeah, which makes me think it's 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 simple. Yeah, it's very simple. Yeah, that doesn't mean that it's not good. It's a good and, step and it in the right direction. Really good. Path, yeah, exactly. But, but there's also something about books. It's like books need to be with you when the time is right. The, like timing has to be good for you to really like a book. That's so true. Isn't I really it? agree with that. And I actually think that just going back to Rice and Lovers, I read that. Um, I think it was the the summer after I'd had a major breakup, and I was finishing writing my novel, and I just really needed someone else to be struggling, <laughs> and to just I I think you know you said it was a bit rom com, mm. but I think sometimes you just need to see someone go through shit and it be okay and it actually is just okay yeah it's why think, people you know, like um like pessimists and like cynic philosophers because like when you read it you feel less alone but also like ha, they're way more fucked than i am yeah it validates quite feeling. Yeah. yeah yeah it's definitely it's definitely comforting um because i got schopenhauer's book from alan de Botton said said about like reading pessimism I started reading about Arthur Schopenhauer. He's one of the most interesting people ever. He's a total cunt. He kicked a woman down the stairs because <gasps> she was too noisy. Really? And like this is in the 1800s so she, and she was disabled for life and he had oh to pay for God. it forever. Oh yeah. So have you for- read, that just reminds me really quickly, have you read, um, oh, fuck, what's it called? <laughs> how, what we can learn about Proust or how Proust can change your life. I'm I'm about to. So that one, you know you asked me which to watch yeah. I read. That one is really good. Okay. And he is so fucked up. Yeah. Proust. Yeah. Like he's he's a massive hypochondriac and never left the house. Really? Yeah. And stuff like and most intelligent, incredible thinker. So many issues. Kept in a box. That's really interesting. This is all of these old people who are like dead and well respected are complete freaks. Oh yeah. Like, Massively. Like really, there is there is a lot wrong with them. Like Nietzsche, so bless him, he had like early onset Alzheimer's, I think, or syphilis. What? There is a version of syphilis <laughs> that attacks the brain, um, but I think he also had like some kind of Alzheimer's. But his his syphilis. Sorry if you're gonna wee. Um, but he completely lost his mind. Speaking of flogging a dead horse, like you did earlier, you said. He, when he was in Italy, saw some men flogging a horse, a live horse, went and hugged the horse to stop it. And that was like the start of his mental breakdown, was like hugging a horse in, in the streets of Italy. And it was at that point when they're like, oh, you're, you're a bit, you've, you've lost it, Frederick. And then his last words to his mum was uh, like, Mutter, ich bin dumm. So like, mum, I'm stupid. Or his last words. Someone who like has influenced so many philosophers since. Yeah. Last words were I'm dumb. <laughs> it's mental. But this is what we were saying about um the more you read, the less friends you get. Yeah. But it's like the more the more You're you, like, maybe I could be mental and famous. <laughs> the more you learn, just the stupider you feel. Yeah. I think that's true. It's so true and it's terrifying, yeah. and that's why you need to watch the Kardashians. Yeah bringing it back that's full circle all right yeah. well is how how proust will save your life change your, your life your book change your life um yeah that can be my book no you get to choose your book i don't know honestly honestly 
Baby brain. Nothing Baby but brain. nothing but yeah. frozen peas in here. But you've been doing really well. I that it's a good book. Read that book. Mm. Yeah. It's it's just it's so interesting because I wouldn't even say that Dubot is like um a very good uh like philosopher or um anything like that. He just he yeah. he he's he makes it very uh digestible. Mm. All of all of these other great thinkers' ideas and philosophies. That's what I want to. He do. he makes it um, easy and enjoyable, and he's funny, and he brings all of their beliefs and visions to kind of like general population level, yeah. and makes it easy to understand. Whereas if you actually were to read kind of like Proust or Epicurus or any any of their kind of visions or manifestos fucking I can't get three sentences out without checking out because I just don't mm. understand whereas that's what Debot's really good at is he he um, just makes it accessible and yeah. a- allows me to understand what yeah, earth yeah. is going on and then he's funny with it yeah it's he... humor for me yeah is that he's very witty and it makes you feel better yeah I think what I like about his his books is he will say things in quite plain terms and give very direct examples maybe unflattering examples yeah. and then that seeing that on the page makes you feel better which i mean god why else do you read yeah. not for that reason yeah well he in the constellations of philosophy he talks about um michel de montaigne and how he's like everybody shit yeah like we're all inadequate like half of us is wise half of us is mad and um, we do very well to shield the mad side. It's like reading that from someone who was alive, God knows how many years, like 500 years ago. Oh. And so this is, this is what I struggle with and not to slag anyone off. This is what I struggle with, with what we were talking about with um, Happy Sexy Millionaire and Stephen Bartlett yeah. or similar self-help books is there isn't that, there isn't that kind of um, recognition I'm of I'm so fucked up. Yeah. It's all about how he struggled and then we'll be better and how yeah, we yeah. progress and or learn and learn. a struggle that paints them in a really good light. <laughs> it's like, I did this really shit thing, but ended up actually giving like loads of money um, yeah. to someone. But there's not that. Um, yeah, they're not I, I threw a lamp at my partner because he's yeah. my flosser. Yeah. 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 There's none of that. That's that's, that's what, what stresses me out with it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that's why I struggle and stopped reading those kind of books because it just felt a bit not alienating, but a bit like, okay, I get that, but you're not you're not giving me the you're not painting the whole light there. You're Yeah, you're not being you're human. Doing a bit of a surface. But this really stressful thing happened and I handled it perfectly. <laughs> yeah. It's like I've never met anyone who's handled a stressful situation yeah. perfectly ever in my whole entire yeah. life. So <laughs> Why is this person now different? And it's this like fetishization of these stupid, handsome, smart but manipulative pieces of shit. There we go. Yeah. I've said it. Hundred percent. I've said it now. <laughs> Which is weird because like that's not all of these makes everyone else feel bad. Yeah, and all of these philosophers were not were doing it. We're not doing it like that. Yeah. So it's it's definitely something that we've picked up in this kind of like peacocking generation yeah. of influencers. And just, just constant improvement. Yeah. I think the the kind of mindset of there's this other self, this other version of me of if I was perfect, if I yeah. could up upskilled or whatever in all these different ways, if I could put into action 
all these different things from all these different self-help books that I've been reading, then I could be this ultimate version of myself. But I think I think it was in Selfie that Will Store kind of touched on the idea of, well, if one part of your life of, you know, your yourself is going well, then other bits are probably not going to be going yeah. so well. Something's going to be suffering. Yeah, you've only got a certain amount of time. Yeah. And actually you can never fully know yourself because it's constantly changing. So yeah. to an extent, there's no point. There's you, there's no point in putting too much time and energy into it. It's easy to get sad after reading Selfie. Yeah. <laughs> like very, very easy when you start like reading this stuff. It's like you are limited. You are imperfect. Um, there are going to be, you can get really fit and you can get really smart, but you're going to have to like give up other stuff in the pursuit of that. People don't want to hear that. And it is really sad when you've done a lot of work to convince yourself otherwise, when you finally realize that that's the truth. It can be quite a relief. Though, yeah. It's right? not oh, pessimistic. I find it so liberating it's realistic. Yeah. yeah. Pessimist realism. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. God, I love it. It's. I'm fucking obsessed with it. But the thing is, you sound like such a broken record. Yeah. When you try and convey, it's like when I try and speak to people about Harry Styles and how much I fancy him. <laughs> it's, it's, there's only so much that your passion can like convert into someone yeah. else before they, they need to find it themselves. Mm. And that's why you can only like give someone a book. <laughs> but like the, the love and passion and what you gain from it you can't force that on someone yeah it's a sell by date i feel like that i feel like um it's a sell by date on a lot of things that's life because we change mm. all the fucking time um so how proud to change your life that's your book yeah it's a good book um is that what it's called yeah uh, i it think is it what is it's called. I, I, I literally i, I <laughs> yeah. got a copy of it the other day yeah uh, it's really good it just makes um um, he's he's really interesting, and it makes his uh, views and what he was kind of preaching um, digestible and accessible to. Uh, made me understand it. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good. He's he's really simple. Yeah. I did that. And it was funny. Yeah, I've got um some of also his his one of his books basically a volume one of Master Proust. Pro- yeah, Proust, yeah, Proust's actual books because I just got excited after watching Alan the Bottom video on YouTube. Always, like, oh my God, always. I'm going to be as smart as him. <laughs> um, which seemingly is never going to happen. But hour and seven minutes, there will be some bits that I may have to chop out, like the drilling worry at the start. Yeah, and maybe even this bit. But that's what, I think we've done quite well for not yeah. knowing that we were going to talk about and for me having a brain of mush. Yeah. I think you've I think done amazingly. Good. This has been one of my favourite podcasts recorded in a very, very long time. I'll tell you a story about Pepsi Max in a minute. After we're done. Daisy loves yeah, Pepsi Yeah, after we're done. Okay. Uh, yeah, um, about how much my brain is me. <laughs> What's coming up? Any new bookmarks coming out? Um, If people want them, just ask me and I might draw them. Yeah. But can you just buy them? Because my sales have been so erratic. Yeah. And there's only so much nudity that I can bring to a podcast to bring sales in. A podcast? Well, there's none. Uh, no one can no, see this. No, there's no. Yeah. Not a podcast. Daisy's a business. Naked. <laughs> yeah, we I appreciate am also <laughs> fully nude. Um, no, that is a good point because you've got a baby now. So yeah, I've got a baby. All these the baby people, needs to eat. All these people are like, oh, yeah, I support small businesses. Put your money where your mouth is. Exactly. Go to Etsy, type in the bookmark, boys. Yeah. And learn Spanish and read Harriet's book. Yeah. yeah. Or buy even more bookmarks and I can employ Harriet again. Yeah. For help. Yeah. Perfect. Ideal. 
maybe even I'll have to come and be employed as well. Exactly. <laughs> we can have everyone do yeah. it. And it in it the basement. It doesn't take that long to learn Spanish. In guys. the dungeon. You guys are great. Thank you very much for coming on. We are great. Thank you. Well, thank you very much for listening to that episode. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. It's a little bit more casual than usual, but I really love those in-person casual conversations about all things books and the stuff that doesn't quite fit into the books category, but it's good to talk about anyway. Now, if you want to do me a favor and share that podcast, I will love you forever. But also there's plenty of other things you can do in the description of this episode. The main thing I'd like you to do is sign up to my email list. All you have to do is go to Substack you can check out some of the stuff that I've written on there before. I am trying to take my writing a little bit more seriously now, so you may well find my articles helpful for your life. It will definitely be helpful for me if you read them, and then you can tell me if they're crap. If they're not, then you can stay subscribed and keep on reading. Now that is it from me. If you want to follow Daisy, it's the Bookmark Boys on Instagram, and Harry, the girl on Instagram for Harriet. That is in the description as well. Thank you very much for listening. You're all absolute legends.